In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. It is Saturday, June 29th, and Atlanta United has defeated the Montreal Impact 2-1 here at Mercedes-Benz Stadium on a brace from Justin Mira, his first two league goals uh, with Atlanta United and his second start in the league uh, for Atlanta United. The first one was just a superb, beautiful curling effort from about 25 yards, I think the distance was, uh, into the upper right corner. And the second one was from about two inches, uh, a toe poke off of uh, a corner kick in the 83rd minute to spare Atlanta some blushes in a, frankly, a fairly dull game against a determined defensive Montreal side. Montreal's goal was scored by Diallo, who really had not much to do with it other than was standing in the way when the ball hit his hip and bounced into the goal. He didn't get a handball on it. I'll give him credit for that. No, he didn't, but he didn't do a whole lot else. Uh, That voice you heard, as always, was my good friend Jason Longshore of 92.9 FM and SoccerDownHere.net. Before we get Jason's thoughts, want to remind you, you can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC and on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. Well, Jason, we knew this was going to be a bunkered Montreal team, a very defensive Montreal team. I'm not sure we expected just one shot on goal from the impact in this game. Yeah, it was so hard to, to predict coming into it because we've watched Montreal over this last I mean, even before players went away to international duty, they were struggling to fill a full 18 on the bench. And then when you get five guys away on international duty on top of all the injuries, they've had to use an emergency call-up once. There was some concern they'd have to do that again tonight, but they had a couple of players on the bench that I don't think they had any intention in putting in the match. I think Remy Gard just is, is down to bare bones. And after Wednesday's win at home, which was a huge one for them, Maxi Arruti, injured, wasn't able to, to factor in today, didn't make the trip. Uh, Orgia Quanquo, who had two goals against Portland, wasn't able to start. That hurt them a lot. They didn't really have a striker. Um, Anthony right. jackson Lamel unable to give you 90 minutes. So it, it's Harry Navillo up top, who started five games this season, none of them as a number nine. So it's piecemeal. You know they're going to sit back because that's what they did with Portland as well. It's, it's three center backs. It's two wing backs. It can turn into – to a line of five, what they did today was Tidair and Schwanier dropped in on either side of the two central midfielders to make it a 5-4-1, and I think the, the different wrinkle from what we saw from them last season when they did that here, and that was another time where Remy Gard didn't have a full complement of players. He, had, he was basically like finding center backs and piecing them together with duct tape in that one. What they did here tonight was... They compress the field really well. They, they play all nine, sometimes ten 
of their field players in about a 20-yard strip, and they moved it. At times it was deep, but at times it was actually in the middle third, and Atlanta had to adjust to those situations. The, the spaces were very tight tonight, and it took Atlanta some time to break that down. Yeah, the talking points from the game were, of course, Justin Miram, uh, his two goals, uh, Flo Pogba getting a start at left back. I'm not sure how frequently we'll see Flo Pogba at left back. I think it will depend upon the opponent. Um, yes, at times it can work, but at times he's going to get exposed for pace. Yeah, and uh, Pitti Martinez being subbed off um, is the last talking point. But let's go into Miram first. Uh, the first goal was assisted by Pitti Martinez. I thought it was an odd assist because Miram took several dribbles before he took the shot, but Pitti got the assist. But the more important thing Pitti did was he ran through and created the space for Miram to come into to get his shot off. But overall, what did you make of Miram's performance tonight? It was a good performance from him. Uh, it looked like a confident performance. And if there's anything you've been looking at with Justin Miram over the last season and a half, it's been that lack of confidence. I uh, really felt like he, he lost his way in Orlando, and, and he mentioned it last year about how in Columbus in 16 and 17, where he had a double-digit assist year and a double-digit goal year, his role was very clearly defined. And when he went to Orlando, it wasn't. And that affected him. Not even getting into the fan side of it, that affected him on the field. When he went back to Columbus here in midseason, this season is a different manager. We haven't seen the Justin Merriman of 2017 since the end of that season. We saw it tonight. And we saw a player who can beat people on the dribble, can create opportunities for others, and can score himself. And his first goal in an, in an Atlanta United shirt in an MLS match, amazing goal. An amazing goal that Atlanta needed. And then he gets more of a workmanlike goal at the end. Uh, Breck Shea keeping a play alive, slots it across, and Merriman smashes it home. Just an overall strong performance from Justin Merriman tonight. Yep, Flo Pogba at left back. Um, you know, I've I, I tweeted this out, so I'm going to say it on the podcast too. I've been saying all season, I don't think Pogba is a left back. I don't think he runs like a left back. I don't think he has the dribbling skills in this system to be a left back. But he got the start tonight. He did beat a guy one time and put in a cross. Mm-hmm. He was solid defensively. Yeah, um, he was. I just, again, I'm not sure how often we'll see him at left back. Um, but it was a good performance tonight. Yeah, I, and saying all that, I think Pogba is a tremendous center back for Atlanta United. I think he's a quality player. I just don't think he's at left back. I think Florentine Pogba's a great piece with this team. I don't think he's a starter with this team on a regular basis because he's not beating out any of your, your top three center backs with Robinson, with Gonzalez Perez, and with Parkhurst right now. Um, I think if anything goes down, those are your three that you're going to turn to. I think Pogba can give you minutes at center back. He can give you minutes off the bench. And now we've learned that, hey, against certain opponents, he can give you minutes at left back. We've seen Parkhurst play on the outside, and and Parkhurst is not the outside back that Frank DeBoer would want when he draws it up. But he's a guy who can play that position. A lot of it for Parkhurst is down to his intelligence. Mm -hmm. Pogba... It's down to his left foot, which is outstanding. His passing with his left foot, especially long range, is outstanding. He he generally has one or two passes in a match that just blow your mind. But tonight, his positioning was pretty good. He knew when he could go, and he knew when he needed to stay. I I thought he played a very 
think the word of the the post game from Frank DeBoer was disciplined talking about the team. I thought mm-hmm. Florentine Pogba played a very disciplined match tonight. Yeah, he, he rarely had people getting in behind him. Um, and I laughed a couple of times because Montreal players would go in and try to tackle him, try to body him <laughs> off the ball. And it was just... It was like my 10-year-old uh, little girl running into me. Well, they called a foul uh, on him at one yeah. point. And I, I said that the only reason they called that foul is Florentine Pogba is a very large man. And yeah. the, the Montreal player just bounced off of him. Yeah. No. He, he had a good performance. Um, I don't think you'll see him in Chicago starting. I think he'll be in the 18. I think he will. Uh, but I don't think you'll see him yeah. starting. Um, and that's okay. Um, and the last talking point uh, was pity. Um, he got the assist on the Miram goal. He made the run to create the space. But then things kind of started to uh, just be what they've been a lot of times this season. Um, there was a stretch, and Frank talked about this. I had already I tweeted it out because we hadn't had a chance to talk to Frank. There was a stretch in the second half. He just quit running on a pass from Vasquez that I thought was a good pass into space. He got a few boos after that. Then he gave away the ball twice. Mm-hmm. He took That's a poor corner man. kick yeah. that didn't beat the first man, got the ball back, put the cross right to the goalkeeper. The corner kick and the cross, I, I don't have any problem that with. The They're not running out the Vasquez pass. We've seen that before. I do have a little bit of a problem with that. The giveaways are what set Frank off and yeah. said they are dangerous. That's why I had to take him off the field. Well, you have to be clear, too, because they're – there's a couple things. The, the ball from Vasquez was overhit, and Pitti could have chased it. I don't think he's getting it from our angle. I, I don't think he was getting it at all. He he gave up on it really quick, and with where I think a, a, I don't know how large of a portion of the fan base, but a significant portion of the fan base, enough to where you could hear it, is right now that they're going to react to that. Um, the giveaways specifically when you've got numbers forward. Right. And that is a a big talking point for a team that wants to play this way. When I saw a lot of people talking about Atlanta United playing too slow, and that's been a common theme this season that people have said. When you're playing up against a team like Montreal and you do pin them back, you can't just run at them as fast as you can because then you get exposed. Now, you get exposed as well when you are patient and you bring players forward to try to create mismatches, and then you turn it over. And that was what started to happen in the 5-10 minutes before Pitti was substituted. He was turning the ball over in really bad spots, and the team was exposed. And you can't have that. And all of that combined, the, the scuffed corner... Things like that, you you wonder, and I, I thought Frank, you know, was fair in his assessment of it. You know, is he tired? Is he gassed from playing on Wednesday night? Is he tired at this point? Whatever, it's hurting the team because the team's exposed with players getting forward. You have to get those players forward to break down Montreal at that stage, so you can't risk it, and you have to get him off. And it was the right call at that time. I think I think it was the right time to substitute him. I wouldn't have done it. At halftime, as I've seen some people say, he had, a, he had a solid first half. It wasn't outstanding, but it wasn't bad. He created a couple of chances. He had the assist. He was moving. Second half, he wasn't the same player. Right. Um, and I thought to Pitti's credit, yeah. oh, he only right. took one what I thought poor <laughs> shot. Because I've been critical of that. You so have. when he doesn't do you it, have. I'm going to say he didn't do it. And that was a shot early in the first half from a tight angle. It was, again, from way outside – not way outside, but outside the penalty box – Really had no chance of going in, uh, and it was blocked anyway, so it didn't matter. 
Yeah, that one was uh, blocked. I do remember the one you're talking about. He but, tried to do the little shimmy to get space to yeah. go with the left foot, and then the defender wasn't falling for it and blocked the shot pretty quickly. So if Pitsy is tired, I'm going to be curious if he travels with the team Chicago. I think if I were to bore, I'm to the point where I might just give Pitsy some days off. Just mental mm-hmm. relaxation. Just go and get yourself in order, and that's fine. I mean, players need that. It's yeah. not a criticism of Pitsy. It's more... Just you need some time off sometimes. I'm a little surprised that Joseph Martinez is going to come back to the team on Wednesday because whereas the other players did get some time off in the international break, Joseph has not. He's gone full blast from Atlanta United to Venezuela, eliminated Friday. He's training with the team on Sunday, and he's going to be in Chicago on Wednesday. Joseph's a different animal, though. I mean, I think we know that, too. And he didn't play a lot with Venezuela. So but that, you're still that training. You. You're still traveling. Yeah, yeah. You're All not, that takes a toll. It does. The, the good thing is you're not getting those games, and you're training in a tournament like that, especially as you've gotten to this stage of it for Venezuela, Copa America. It, it's not intense. It's it's more tactical. It's, it's more specific situations. So I think if, if Joseph is here, you couldn't keep him off the field. He's just that kind of guy. He'll give a lift. He'll, he'll, he'll bring a lift if he – I don't think he starts on Wednesday. I'd be surprised at that case. I think you'd love to see him get 30 minutes and have him sharp and ready to go for Sunday. And that's why I would, I would be completely fine if Pitti Martinez either doesn't travel or doesn't start against Chicago because while the Chicago match is three points – and the Red Bulls match on Sunday is three points. I think we know that that Sunday match, there's a little extra to it. There, yeah. It's a showcase match for the league. It's a big deal. It's going to be a huge crowd, and it's against a team that you don't like very much. Right. So you want Joseph and Pitti both hitting on all cylinders. If that means they're not available from the start on Wednesday, so be it. I, you have the pieces to do that. Yep. I, I thought Vasquez had a good game tonight. Um, what I think, there, there was hardly any room for him to operate. Yeah. When he could get free, he had a nice spin and got to the baseline, beat another guy to the baseline for a good cross uh, in the first that half. That was a really good sequence. Um, I'll give him a, and he, threw, a, he threw his body around yes. and tried to create space for his teammates. I thought he had a good, a good performance. I'll give Vasquez a, a thumbs up and a thumbs down. The thumbs down is a, an, an obvious one for him is that – you don't have as much time at this level. The pace is a little bit faster. I think at times he, he's still a little bit at a USL pace when he gets those touches in the final third. He's not pulling the trigger quick. But what I love from him tonight was in a game where he didn't get many touches, he didn't get nearly as many chances as he did in Toronto, he worked extremely hard, and he was making the unselfish runs. There were multiple times where you're trying to break Montreal down, you're looking for that space, and Vasquez would make a 30-40 yard run from the right to the left or the left to the right Mm -hmm. to drag defenders and create space for somebody else, knowing he's not going to get on the end of it. He's just trying to move the bodies around. He worked so hard tonight, and I thought he really understood the moments. The pace of the game was the only thing, and that just takes time. I... I know that Lenny United can't do this because it's not in their system, but I would love to see a Vasquez-Joseph two-striker system. I think it Number would, one, because Vasquez times. could knock the ball down to Joseph. Yes. Number two, Vasquez just need, he needs minutes. I think he's, he could be a heck of a player. He's fast, he's strong, but he's got to have the minutes to get up to the game speed that yeah. you're referring to. We never, and when Joseph comes back, it's just not going to happen. No, it's not. We, we never saw it 
work out when Tata Martino went to it and Frank DeBoer went to it, I think, at one point this season. Late in the game where you're chasing it, you're going to go to two strikers. It's an obvious move you make. Romario Williams and Joseph Martinez, it never really meshed because I think Romario, in, in a lot of ways, plays like Joseph. Even though he's got a different body type, he plays like Joseph. He wants to be a little deeper. Brandon is a player who can be that number nine target and Joseph can play off of him, I think they complement each other a little bit more. So when you get to that point in a match where you need a goal late, you're chasing it, you got to go two up top, I think it can work. And Brandon getting these minutes now will make that even more effective when it happens. So That is true. He's earned it. He's earned the time. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this up. Jason, what do you have upcoming? Uh, busy week. Um, we have Overreaction Monday on Soccer Down Here. Monday morning, 9 o'clock. We have our World Cup dates about the Women's World Cup. Um, we've had it all throughout the tournament. You can go back and check any of them out after matches if you want to see what we had to say. Tomorrow on our Soccer Down Here app and SoccerDownHere.net, we'll have the recap of today's action. We'll also have a preview of both semifinals and get you set for the U.S. women and England on Tuesday. All right. And how can people find you? Long Shoe on Twitter or at Soccer Down Here. All right. And again, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You can find me at Doug Robertson AJC on Twitter and at Atlanta United News Now on Facebook. And I hope you'll consider subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Atlanta United, two-to-one winners against Montreal. Two goals from Justin Miram seal the victory giving Atlanta United nine uh, wins this year and 29 points on the season before it plays at Chicago on Wednesday and hosts Red Bulls next Sunday. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years and I am still amazed at how rich the city's black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.